over me. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun!
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counteroffer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counteroffer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible off show. 
Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. And as the porter stop hour on the market blotter, we find a space in our pockets and heroes and heroines to be named. We introduce the highly biased program for this since the 1990s and into your slight future. Random Space Commander 1. This is Radio 11. Let's watch a full length L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Good job. Oh, my God. You did it on the first take. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. Just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. We'll cut yeah, this. Keep rolling. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, get, this is a take. <laughs> Welcome to their show. It's Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube or Feature Length. Let me know. Did I get that wrong? Uh, where we watch a Feature Length Movie on YouTube with you, the audience, and us, Mike and Carl. Carl is a New Jersey comedian, and you can... Hey, is your show uh, available to the public? Well, anybody can log in, yeah. Okay, well, we'll so at the end of the show, we'll, we'll mention that as well as the next movie we're going to watch. But right now, we're going to watch a movie on YouTube, so go to YouTube. And Carl, what is the movie today? We are watching Zero to 60, 1978. That's what you put in your YouTube search engine. Zero, the, the word zero, zero to the word 60, zero to 60 and the numbers, 1978. <laughs> And we like too many numbers. <laughs> yeah, who's, uh, it, who, who's it hosting? Zero. Uh, we are Hell Z seventy two. One word. H e l z seventy two. All right. Well, I am all set. And once you do that, click the link and hit pause and set that time the bar to zero. Because we want to watch it with you. And uh, just man, that the whole thing is like zero to sixty. 1978. Right. That is some conspiratorial shit. Yeah. So uh, we're very excited. So we're so have you all right, audience? We're done talking about the Illuminati. Are we ready to watch this movie? (laughs) I am. We're gonna count it down, and we are really excited here in the quarantine, still chilling on our couch. (laughs) We're riding it through. Uh, Very excited to have Countdown King himself, the maestro of descending new worlds, the near Earth. Three, two, one. Mr. Sunday afternoon, uh, and Carl's man crush, 
please, let's get ready to rumba. Rum, 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 Wow, I never know when to start talking, man. You guys, my intro gets longer and longer every week. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's starting to feel more and more impotent. I hope you guys are doing well out there. We're doing well. Yeah. How's the view in the uh, bunker over there, Paul? It, it is well. I, I love the, the four brick walls that I've erected around me. <laughs> well, we're great to have you here as well as everyone else. And, uh, have you here for the countdown and for zero to 60. All right, you guys, you know the drill. Let's do this in true bunker style. <laughs> Let's do this thing in three, two, one. Wash your hands. <laughs> First artist presents an MGM pitcher. A Kathleen Brown production? That sure. That's the white. Aaron McGavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that zero guy. to 60. That was... Is that fucking Lion gonna, logo gonna, bug gonna be on the entire movie? Yeah, the entire movie, MGM. Just letting you know who brought you this. Yeah, right. Who that's where it? they got, that's where yeah. they got the promo copy of it. Yeah, yeah I, totally. It's his property right. of, uh... For your for your academy considerations. All right, Sylvia Miles. Yeah, you see that's her pink car. We're meeting not we're not meeting our hero, but we're meeting like our supporting actress. Is it Denise Nickerson who's that's being introduced in this movie? And she has the man's name Larry. But for Larry B. Uh, Lorena B. I guess Rain. we never learn. Now she's calling in on the radio to her dispatcher headquarters. She's a repo man, of course she's not a man, and she's chasing Gloria. She's long sought Gloria's Trans Am. She's way behind in her payments. She doesn't make payments. Oh, uh, that is living on the seventies edge. <laughs> is she have a seatbelt? Is she passing her seatbelt? I'm a little no. nervous. No. I, I can't watch this. No. Am I going to do an accident? She is recklessly driving because she's chasing Gloria, so a cop has noticed. There's Gloria, who is, who is, oops, it's not Gloria. Hey, stop looking at my hair. <laughs> You see, we're going to meet Gloria, and her hair always changes. She's always wearing a wig. But now cool. we're going to meet our star, who is good friends with Dick Martin from Laugh-In. Is it, uh, I, that's, yeah. Oh, well, that's one of the reasons why I picked this movie, because uh, I've watched video DVDs of full-length episodes of Laugh-In, and uh, they did a movie called The Maltese Biffy, Ronan Martin and Maltese Bippy, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not on YouTube. So, but this was. Now this. I have no guy, idea what this. Yeah. You will know from Christmas Story. 
Now, we just got our first joke that they blindly walked across the street and almost got hit and they didn't know it. Look how clever she yeah. is. You see how she hid from the cop? Is this in Los Angeles? Is this down by the farmer's market? I have no idea. I think it's Sound Los wise. Angeles. And every time I look on a cop car to see if it's Los Angeles, they've taken off the city name. <laughs> Doesn't it look like the Beverly Center behind them? I have no idea. Maybe I'm just fucking around. We, should, like Oakland too. we could call Adam and find out because we don't know L.A. like Adam does. Yeah. Okay. My brother, host of uh, the Bad Movie Podcast, proudly resents. Go ahead, Carl. Proudly resents. What we're learning now is Gavin is divorced, and he's coming out of divorce court, and that's the wife, and that's the pool boy. So it's basically <laughs> a depressing. Okay, now. The repo girl is overhearing their conversation, and uh, Christmas Story Father is going, I owe $1,000 on my car! She's like, now, what? Christmas Dad's father was in other stuff, right? I mean, he was in, is that the Night Stalker guy? Yes, exactly right. A very famous television show that was a huge hit movie. And that was like, yeah. the guy was investigating a murder, and the murderer turned out to be a vampire. A, a vampire, yeah, sure, didn't see that coming. And, but then, like, he got a show where he lives in San Francisco, and he writes a newspaper called about, like, paranormal events, and every week there's, like, a vampire or a werewolf or, like, a, you know, a, a ghost. Yes. Uh, and they would always come to the day. I say well, ghost because this Dick wants to eat that hot dog, and I'm thinking of Slimer. I'm sorry. <laughs> that That came out – okay, the movie was called The Night Stalker. That was 72. And by 1974, it was a TV show, yes. And that's how he got his big fame. But Christmas Story eclipsed that. Well, I think he, he gets more residual checks. Is he, he, he passed away, hasn't he? No, look, you see the chain? I think, yeah. Okay, now Larry, the repo woman, has taken his car. Now watch how the chain disappears. Where'd it go? So what he did was well, I don't know. <laughs> he stole his lawyer's car to chase the repo girl. He doesn't know it's a repo girl. Up your... It is a kid. Yeah, she is a kid, and she's very inconsiderate. She's very selfish. You should see the way she drives. She causes accidents all the time. Okay, now Dick Martin is call as the lawyer is calling in his car as stolen. Right. Yeah, she yeah but she's a good driver though. Yeah. It might be a stunt. Oh, right. Well, back then you. Were... <laughs> It could be like some John Wick show where they train a nine-year-old and introducing Slider King Queen herself. Best actor oh, in uh, uh, Best actor in John Wick was that dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, because well, we did the uh, Oscar in memoriam scene where they had the dog for John Wick, I cried because I was just you know so moved by it. Now this guy you might know from Godfather. He's 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 off the screen now. Oh, the one who took his birdcage? Or the one who threw a dart by a door? Yeah. His name's Vito Scotti. 
and he was Nazarene the baker in The Godfather. He made the wedding cake. Yeah. Well, are you planning the Night Stalker? Did you lose Paul? No, he's still there. Paul, you a Night Stalker fan? You know that film, that TV series? Yeah, I totally remember. That was like one of my favorite things. Uh, uh, what was it? Kolchak. Uh, mm-hmm. Kolchak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Kolchak, the Night Stalker. What was your, it was in San Francisco, wasn't it? It seemed like it. A lot of that, I remember that. I remember, what was it, the same time period and the same time of night was uh, they would always play the other Rod Sterling one. Um, Out of Limits? No. Not Twilight. Not, not, what was it? Night Gallery. Uh-huh. Night Gallery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Larry ran all the way to the repo station, ran inside and goes, some creep's following me. Now they're hassling him. And they're going to spank his naked butt. Well, yeah. Well, that's funny. This is much better watch than the last movie we were going to pick. Uh, remind me of the last movie we were going to pick. Oh, yes, that movie that we were going to pick. Well, well, Rick, I don't know if you said it, but we could say it at the end of this film. Okay, so yeah. well, now... Larry's getting legitimate with the boss, okay? And you probably recognize the boss. Um, her name is Sylvia Miles, but you might know her from Midnight Cowboy. Or in Wall Street, she was the realtor. Um, she's been around movies a long time. Yeah, you're going to need a new uh, place to live. Right. You're going to move out of New Jersey. Go to New York City. Here, I got a realtor for you. I was Sylvia Miles. Here is your house, Charlie. What do you think? Act. Why bother? Now, in the Wall Street 2, you know, Money Never Sleeps, she came back and reprised her role yeah. as realtor. <laughs> Mr. Gecko, thank you for coming out of jail. I got you a great place. Thank you, realtor. So the cop come, a cop comes in, and he's like, Flo, are you trafficking stolen vehicles now? And he's like, why? Well, we had a report of a stolen car, and it's crashed on your front yard there. So Gavin will try to not get caught. Darren and Gavin will try to not get caught here. And, and for some reason, Flo will play along and say, we just hired him. He's our new repo man. Give him a break, Charlie. Well, repo She's men are crazy. Get him so, to go you know. with the flow. Ah. Yeah. yeah These guys it. are repo men. These are repo men, and the only one of of note is Benny, who is Vito Scotty, who's been in a million things. That's the curly haired guy. No, it's this guy coming up, wagging his finger. He was in Hedge, one of your favorite <laughs> movies, the Monkey Movie Head. Oh, all right. Let me figure out who he is. Yes, got it. Probably the boxing scene. And got or, uh, uh, favorite movies, too. That's true. And also the little man with the funny hat. He was terrific in that movie. So now what... Wait, guys, is this an MGM movie? Is Yeah, it's an MGM movie. Now we're getting that typical, okay, you two's are partners, and they 
I hate this guy, you know, that typical setup, and then they become great friends. You know how it goes. No, I don't know how it goes. A nine-year-old repo man? A nine-year-old... It's like a stranger... Yeah, how old is she in this movie? Well... Supposed to be her character. In the movie, she's pretending she's in her 20s, but the truth is she's 16, and he's going to discover that. Now you they just know. gave them jobs. Do you remember uh, Willy Wonka, the one that chewed gum? That's her. Yeah, it is. A Veruca Salt. salt. <laughs> Did you? Well, but Veruca was the rich, spoiled girl. This is the one who, oh, Violet Beauregard, she always uh, chewed gum. You're right. Berry. She's the one that turns, it needs to be juiced. But she, she's learned how to drive a car since then, like how to drift. That's pretty impressive. So she turned out all right. She died in that movie, right? Uh, she got juiced. I don't know that she died. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought she died. Did the kids die in that movie? No, none of them. They all just get horrible. Okay, now watch what she does. Look how selfish she is. She almost causes an accident again because she's chasing this <laughs> lawyer who's on the repo list. So it's a pretty dumb movie. She's showing Darren the ropes right now. In the movie, his name is Michael Nolan. It's very boring. I'd rather call him Darren McGavin. Yeah, that's a great name. If you had a name like that, you'd be styling. Well, his real name is William Lyle Richardson, and he wrote this screenplay as his real name. But as an actor, he's Darren. Interesting. But his for the Writers Guild, he's the other guy. Now she's like, lay down. He won't run over you. Nobody's going to run over a person. Uh oh. Here comes the truck. Did he really do this? This movie is stupid. Then he gave him the finger and he lived. Hard just drove over Devin McLaren. Well, you saw how he squeezed up to be right in the center. Oh, all right. Now, Darren was very much reckon- in- What? Oh, no, go ahead. Darren was very much in love with his wife. His wife uh, was named Kathy Kathy Brown, and she was also an actress. Um, But they formed a production company, and this is one of their labors of love, one of their movies. I know this neighborhood. This is Los Angeles. I've I've been through here, but this is like the 70s. What what other films do you think they made? Like uh, Car Chase and... Los Angeles too, or uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, what other films did they make? You wouldn't know their names. They made a bunch of them. I mean, you wouldn't know this one's name. Okay. You know, usually oh, this one I I just knew because look, Joan Collins. Yeah. yeah. That's the real Gloria that she's been chasing. She find she found her, and now All she's right, so here we go. flee going to say, screw you, world. I don't care anything about anybody else. I am chasing Gloria. 
And Christmas Story Dad does not have a seatbelt on. He is sitting in the uh, foot part of the car, passenger seat. That's right. And that's one of those old-timey cars that you, Paul, and I remember that had a couch for a front seat, not a bucket <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you can, pull it cool, out hide, you can pull it out and hide your un- little brother underneath it to get into the drive-in theater. Right. <laughs> Not that I know. Right. Family of six, please. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. Okay, come on in. <laughs> now, you see all the car chases and everything. When I watched the last movie we were going to do, it all takes place in the restaurant. This is a much better choice. Right. This is something to watch. Yeah, this has some good. Well, why don't we talk about this film? We're going to watch a, a Mitch Hedberg film recommended by our fantastic uh, radio station uh, manager, Pam Benjamin. Yes. And I mentioned fantastic because we want you, our only sponsor is for you to go to Venmo and donate money to the station, keep it afloat, uh, and that is at Beijing Radio. Yeah. Anyways, he had recommended a movie that Mitch Hedberg, like Mitch Hedberg directed in 1999 with a, with a smattering of, of comedians from that time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Carl. What was the movie, and how did you like it? Uh, it was called Los Enchiladas, and it was a nice try. Uh, the thing is, I, <laughs> I love Mitch Hed- Hedberg's stand-up. It is hilarious. But that didn't translate into this movie. And the movie, you know, because we watched with the sound off, it was very flat. There was a lot of funny talk dialogue that you'll miss. There was a string on that suitcase. Joan Collins. I caught that. Well, we would have put the sound up. Like, I, I prefer, like, when we used to do that movie night at the dark room, they, they always have the subtitles on the film. So you can still riff through it and people can read the subtitles. But, you know, these, these were at the will of the people who posted us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So had there been subtitles, we would have, you know, might have uh, been easier to do. Bam Benjamin. Is it film called Red? I just saw it called uh, with Chris Gore. He did it during the nineties. And he Chris Gore of course is the creator of Film uh, Threat magazine. And it was a film threat production and they took the two bar recordings, the the most was uh, Simpsons uh, call phone calls and uh, made a movie and they used photography to re- uh, to reenact the phone calls and it was really good. Mm-hmm. So, but we wouldn't be able to do it because, you know, you want to listen to the two-bar recording, uh, and it's, it's tough to riff over that. You can riff over a, a car stunt anytime. Yeah. So Gloria has evaded them, and, and our little bratty, selfish friend wants to blame it on the new repo guy. Huh. Like... He got oh, knocked funny. out by the, the that uh, bag, right? And she's like, you're sleeping? So now she completely screws him over and leaves him stranded. He doesn't even know where he is. <laughs> and she where goes, I'll it? see you at the office. And he's like, where's the office? She's pretending she's 20. She's really 16, but she looks much younger. And she's driving a car recklessly throughout the city. Yes. Gotcha. All this right. is her Let's last film. She retired and became a nurse. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? Let's uh, unlock then. 
Uh, the old pier. That's where the torpedoes hang out, according to the now, wall. This is the repo office, and of course, he has been, you know, destroyed by the divorce. He has no money. Uh, so she, when she said, meet you at the office, he, he went to the office. I mean, he's he's got no car except the one that was repoed. So Are you sure that's got, the office? Because the, the, I'm sorry, but the, the door said office on it. Did he, are you sure that's where he went? That's a good joke. Yeah. I'm each at the office. Ah, uh. uh, next to the door to his office. I'm here. I'm going to sit down. Now, remember that was a Sorry, bar about that there. Uh, yes. So I used to call my wife. She'd go, where are you? And I'd say, I'm at the office. I'm going to be late. She goes, okay. <laughs> I worked at the office. No, I worked at Charlie Brown. But that was like the office. It was like one of those hamburger bar joints where you can have a hamburger and have a full bar at your disposal. Now, Dab, uh, Darren McGavin was uh, Murphy Brown's father on that sitcom, but I also loved him in Billy Madison. Oh, my God. I didn't realize. Was he uh, tra after? Was he pro Billy Madison in that movie or, or no, he was anti? No, he was the dad. So oh, he's not pro Billy Madison. Send him back to school. Okay, so it's midnight. Oh, She's picked him up, and they're going to go on their normal. Um, they're going to go on their repo rounds because this is the time to steal cars yeah. at midnight. He's got the paper ledger there with the list of cars. He's going to check it off with his dick pen after they steal the car, re re repo the car. Right. And so how many times have you, how many times have you seen Repo Man? Oh, uh, good question. Maybe only two. Uh, it's true that Repo Man has Repo Men, but it's not the same movie at all. That's That's where the similarity begins and ends. But if this is Los Angeles, they're also repo men in Los Angeles. Uh, okay, that's another similarity. And they have a wacky office with wacky uh, repo men. Uh, Sorry, I'm if serious. I was grading By your way, paper, I would call that a stretch. <laughs> a CV after class. Yeah, right, because I... What happened? Okay. Here is the car they want to uh, repo. And she's like, go get it. Pick it up. This will be your cherry. All right. Oh, that's what she said? Uh-huh. Go on. It'll be easy. What are you, chicken? That kind of thing. And he is. She said cherry. All right. Uh, well, like, uh, can I stumble? Uh, uh, can I pretend there's something to sit on? And I sit right. on the floor by mistake. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm pretending I'm all flustered. So I pressed the crouch button. I, I went down to the ground. Stop pressing square. Oop, did it again. Square, crouch. This is the video games where you're crouching. Now somebody you're else. like, oh shit, why am I going slow? Somebody else made this story like it was Judith... Bust Tanny and Peg Shirley, but Darren McGavin turned it into a screenplay when his wife was like, we got to produce this movie. This would be really good. 
You see, it's a little autobiographical. I don't know if that's the right word. She's like an orphan, ran away from home, and that's his story. Uh, there was a divorce in his life when he was young, and he lived on the street. He he stole. He was a wow, that's crazy. Huh. Uh, he was in Tacoma, Washington, and he pretty much was a squatter. But it's not his fault, you know. He got abandoned. So check this out. Somehow he got to Los Angeles, and he was a set painter for Columbia Pictures. And they just loved him. And he became the title character in the 1950s television series, Mickey Spillane, Mike Hammer. No shit, I didn't know. We're watching on my camera. It's so good to hear. <gasps> yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's how he started. I was reading about the director who did the uh, 3D Mickey Spillane movie that we watched, uh, Eye of the Jury. Yeah, he made, he made some cool movies. Unlike this director. Oh. This director, Don Weiss. Don Weiss. Don Weiss. Weiss, yeah, not Weiss. Uh, 50s movies. Uh, the only thing I think you would recognize is The Affairs of Dobie Gillis, 1953. The movie? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I never saw the movie. I, but Dobie Gillis was a TV show, right? With Bond. Well, I used to watch that all the time. Well, I guess it was originally a 1953 movie. But you would recognize the TV shows he's directed. There's a lot of those. Oh, so later he became a director? Well, he became a director of these movies in the 50s. But in 1954, he switched to TV and he never looked back. I mean, he directed this only. Okay, here's the woman from Jaws. The mom. Oh, I was going to say, like, did she get eaten in that movie? Oh, so Jaws was, like, seven, during the 70s, right? So this was, like, a year after Jaws came out. Was it 75? So, when was Jaws? 74. 74. So this is... Okay, now, usually you hear 0 to 60 in, like, 8 seconds, right? But this guy took 0 to 60 right. in 1978 seconds. Not so good. <laughs> Oh, wait, Gone in 60 Seconds. Have you ever seen, you seen that one? There was a, an original movie, and there was a sequel to that, where it was just stuntmen fucking around, and then they made it into this $100 million movie with Nicolas Cage. Right, and Nicolas Cage claimed that uh, it was stealing cars is uh, better than having sex. Yeah, disagree! Well, I agree to disagree. They're both as quick. All right. All we got to do is go in there. Well, let me shrug. Now, what's, I think he's good. What's really funny in this movie is they never nab a car. I mean, they have some, they never have success is what I mean. Right. But they still say, they still got to keep their job, right? Yeah, they keep their job. I don't know how. It's all commission. <laughs> Yeah, these are not little repo men. I, you know, me and my repo men friends, we went to this movie and we're like, 
not realistic at all. Hollywood does not even know. Right. So what was the sequel to Repo Man? I don't know. Well, there's a movie called Repo Man, but that is not the sequel. That was a, a different, like a science fiction movie, which I love, but it's called Repo Chick, and I guess it's science fiction as well. It takes place on a, on a train, the CGI backgrounds, and it's this like punk rock chick who just walks around the train. And uh, yeah, I liked it. I like Alex Cox, the director, and I really liked the movie, but uh, nothing, it, you know, it was more tangible. They had some of the original actors and the Repo Man in it, but, it, you know, Amelia wasn't in there or what have you. Repo Chick? Yep. You recommend it for my next Netflix queue? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Okay. Any film from Alex Cox is worth a watch. Okay, so she found out when she dropped him off. He was going to sleep in his car, and she was like, come on. She reluctantly invited her him to her house, which is a wreck. It's a mess. This is a pretty cool 16-year-old house. This is what my house looked like when I was 16. got comic books, dirty laundry piled around, my CDs, I mean, my LPs. No, it's a trailer. It's a, it's a trailer. Oh, that's even cooler. Of course I would have a trailer when I was 16. Living the life. Moving on the road. So now he's going to... Does he drive the trailer? Well, there was a trailer for this movie, and they're in it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of better, right? We're watching, we're, in this, we're watching the trailer of the movie. Now, in real life, this? Um, our friend Beauregard here, she's really 21. And she retired to pursue a nursing career. I'm not sure why. You know what? It's pretty cool. She holds herself in this movie. They have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on just Search for Tomorrow, the uh, soap opera. She was in the Brady Bunch. Now, she auditioned for the role of Reagan for The Exorcist. But her parents were like, no, this material is too disturbing. You can't have the job. <laughs> Good parents. She was also on a Oh, would you let your... Oh, yeah, she was on the one for uh, BCD. Paul, can you hear me? He's on mute. Allison was his name, her name in the electric company. Oh, right on. Oh, so she was a recurring character. She was in like a, in a side sketch. I don't think what Brady Bunch episodes she could be in. Yeah, I don't know, and I didn't look it up. I, I really should have. Yeah. She was also... No, no, you don't have to look at me. That's my job. She was in Dark Shadows, which was like a supernatural soap opera. I don't know it. Sure. Oh, I've seen it. You know what they used to do is that those New Jersey UHF channels would... Uh, have uh, they would show they would rebroadcast them during the day, and it was a 1970. It's like Passions. I don't know if you saw that soap opera, but in the 70s it was like a vampire. They made a movie with Johnny Depp, a Tim Burton movie. I just watched it the other week, and uh, but I've seen the soap opera. It starts off with these vampires in a house, and it's really slow, but it went on for years, and then it, it you know it developed into the soap opera. Uh-huh. Where you know there was different temperatures and heartthrobs, but they were either vampires or I don't know they were werewolves or what have you. Okay, uh, do you see passions with? Yes. He just he discovers her birth certificate. There's two of them, one that's real and one that's right. modified. So he learns that she's only 16. 
think I have his own photos in there. Mike, I want to get to the bottom of here. Are you, like, offended, like he's a creeper just because she's a little... No, not at all, not at all. No, it's the fact that she's driving around, and that also is kind of like this cool, like, if I was a teenager on my own, I would have an RV, and I would be a wicked, you know, I'd be sliding stolen cars around the town. It's kind of a teenage fantasy to live like this, but also it is kind of... Uh, I don't. I don't think that he's a creeper in this. They're. 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 So you know, they bumped into each other by half a stance, and then they got jobs together, and they're just working. Right. Okay. Okay. Now look, she's threatening to kill him if she ever tells anybody. Wait a minute. I take him all back. Yeah. Some chemistry, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a pointy night. Yeah. Where's uh, the 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 comedy cadence of uh, Dick Martin when you need him? He won't be back. Laffin is always, really? Yeah. You know, Laffin's always like this. Like, uh, so we our next sketches will be about history. Oh, you know what? My history was with uh, the secretary outside. Now, Dick, you know, you shouldn't be talking about that. Oh, well, we talked a lot, you know, always, constantly. But they're interesting. They were interesting dynamics. Sort of like a Nicole and Darren of this movie. I like that show. Didn't that launch Goldie Hawn? Yeah, it had a lot of people. Louis Tomlin. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. In it, you know, was... Okay. Now, remember the car they stole? They had a successful repo. Yeah. They heard on the news the same license plate, and they just found, like, some mobster guy was murdered in there. So now they're doing they the fluster the thing. Like, uh... So they decide they're just going to take him back to where they found him and put the car back. So once again, they don't get a repo. Wow. This, well, they're not going to bring back it. They're going to repo the car with a dead body in it? I'm just saying throughout this whole film, these repo men don't repo shit. Yeah, but I mean, they're scumbags. But they're not going to be driving around with a dead body in a car and be like, here you go, boss. Here's the car. Okay. Got to go. So now it's returned, but somehow the thugs, we were talking over it, but they were getting shot at. The thugs are chasing them. Right. Oh, look out. Hope there's no fruit stands in this alley. Oh, yikes. Right. Now you will A lot of people in empty watch this hilarity as the painter up there gets stranded. On the ladder. Oh, they're throwing it right at the camera. Oh, no, that's the glass. I got you. Now, holy shit. They that's stack classic. up boxes, like empty boxes, just so they can get crashed into. No, they did it because they were going to put fruit in there one by one. And they needed to stack the boxes where they were going to put the fruit in before they put it in the truck. Okay, you see where they hid? Right, they're in a the car. They're a car within a car, as they used to say. But did, it didn't work. The thugs are on to him. It shouldn't have worked in the first place. He drove right into a, a truck. Right, blindly. That's what she did, not he. Yeah. Blindly, blindly she did it. Huh. Meep, meep. 
Is there like music playing, like a banjo film? Yeah, there's music? a stupid song they play every single time. It goes, da 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 I'll play it for you. All right. There are some fruit in these. Kale. Fuck you, Kale. Yeah, fucking Kale. Now, I remember that that was originated actually on McHale's Navy. Is that, oh, hey, Rick Thorne. Oh, no, Voltorn. Oh, McHale's Navy? You get it, Kale? McHale's Navy. <laughs> Here it sounds like Saturday Night Live saxophones and... Yeah, right. Yeah, we're having the time of our lives. Saturday night. <laughs> okay, so they're happy. Endless They're back to the trailer, and they didn't get killed, and they also didn't repo, repo shit. Right. Their house, oh, that's her trailer. It looks pretty sweet. It yeah. really is out in the middle of nowhere. This can't be Los Angeles anymore. Well, I guess not. It's like, uh, you know, a neighboring county or something. Now, there's a guy named John Beale, and he wrote that piece of shit song we just heard. But he is now, today, the top movie trailer soundtrack composer. Yeah. This hey, John, we need you to do a, 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 a one for In a World, but upbeat. Gotcha. Do, 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 in a World. He's got a lot of Mad Magazines in her. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chuck, can you do a, we have a dramatic one. Can you do a dramatic in the world, in in the world? Uh, in a world. Da, 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 da. No, he isn't a movie trailer <laughs> voiceover person. He makes. Yeah, but you got to set the mood. So okay. the, the voiceover guy says in a, in a world. And depending on the way he says it, the music follows. Oh, like, I see. In a world. <laughs> yeah. Of those. So there was uh, First Artist is the name of the distributor, but they really screwed it up. They gave it a limited release, June 1, 1978, and, that, and it was heavily re-edited. So according to an interview with, um, with, um, Beauregard and an interview with Darren McGavin and his wife separately, Kathy Brown, they all say that the film has a disjointed look because they edited it all bad. And it came out on DVD, on a video in the 80s, and it never came out on DVD, apparently. This is sort of like a lost episode of Darren McGavin's career. Wow, that's cool. So this must have been a promo video, and that's why we have the little logo on there. But someone, uh, Hell's 72, is kind enough for uh, to upload this. So we salute you. Otherwise, we would have missed out on this. So what do you think? I it was on TV? I mean, because a video release wouldn't have wrote yeah. MGM. Well, you know, MGM has a cable channel. It's kind of like a TCM, but this show is just nothing but MGM movies. And by MGM movies, we're talking about the original Casino Royale. We're talking about these really terrible films okay. or films of this nature. obscure something from the 70s. And so this would definitely be cable fodder. You know, somewhere in the world this is playing. There's Joan Collins. Well, what's up with her? 
I have to go to the stud uh, sound stage for the stud shooting. He was in what the bitch, the stud. <laughs> I saw her when she was on. Um, wasn't she on one of those night soap operas like, uh, not Melrose Dallas or Dynasty? Dynasty. No, like Dynasty. Yeah. Okay. Talking okay. Wait. Fresh. Here comes my old car. Here comes my old car. Seventy-eight Thunderbird. Here we go. Hold on. There it is. Sold to me by Stephen <laughs> Statmauer's father. Hey, way to go. Thank you, Stephen Statmauer's father, for giving Carl's first car. $1,200. I is that it? <laughs> and that was last week, right? Kind of 80, uh, 80, uh, I don't remember. 86? Uh, I'm not sure. Gotcha. So it was uh, eight years after this movie. You see the cop car? I paused it and tried to Weird. look real close to see if it said Los Angeles. Isn't the front of the car, like the engine looks really small? Like it's a weird looking car. Yeah. Ha, ha, it might be ha, the acid ha. officer. Ooh. Big crash. Right. And Gloria gets one away thing again. Uh-huh. Oh, that's because the cop is in there. Uh, seriously hurt. Now, look, he's playing slot a machine. slot machine. So is that Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh, it's, but it's, again, it's like a wacky office. So they happen to have a slot machine where you can move the slot, the handle down like that. Now, this it looks like Joe Clardy. You recognize his face? He was in a million things. Yeah, he looks like Joe Clardy. Oh, you think so? I got a kiss pinball machine in the back. But you don't recognize him from head? Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, I think he played like a bot, one of the bo uh, gangster monsters in the boxing sequence. Or maybe uh, he's like part of the. Yeah. He's in part of a pinball. Played. What's his role? Um, Do you I remember the scene? Mimi. I bet you you're right. He was a mobster. Remember when David gets into a fight? Playing Liston beats him up? I don't remember. I remember he hit a girl. <laughs> yeah, that was a good movie. I don't know if it was something this. It was, it was, anyway. So Vito was in Herbie Rides Again and Herbie Goes Bananas. He was yeah, in. Yeah, the classic. Yeah. He was in The Nude Bomb, one of your favorites. I saw that in the Montclair movie theater. I think it was uh, Claremont. He, uh, which you brought in one week once. Thank you. He, um, That's right. And we filmed it for Fish Burgers. He was in Get Shorty. He was in Loaded Weapon. He was in Beverly Hills Brat. He's been all over. Oh, Beverly Hills Brat guy. That, why'd you say so? Way to bury the lead. And he was in the Aristocats. Boys. He was? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was uh, Peppo, the Italian <laughs> cat. Pretend you're a silly guy with a silly hat on. God, I could do that. Okay, so this is cool. He was born in San Francisco. Nice. 200 screen appearances in a career spanning 50 years. And this movie. I bet you this movie's on MGM. 
I bet you that's where this is recorded. It must have been recorded off the MGM channel. Yeah, somebody probably hit record, and it looks pretty good. It doesn't look like a VCR copy. Yeah, I hear you. Maybe it's a normal copy. Now, they're doing exactly what you're talking about, wacky office hijinks, like just like jokey joke talk. And uh, one of the gags is he doesn't have any money. I mean, he's wiped out. So he's trying to sell stuff. And Vito's trying to rob him and there's nothing there. <laughs> it's my belt. It kept up my pants. You could have it. So it's like, this is my blah, blah, blah watch. It's worth so and so. And it's like, I'll give you $5. Yes, uh, all right. Uh, well, this is the Hilton Brothers. What was that credit? I don't know. Uh, like the, and the Wilson Brothers or something like that. Yeah, the Wilson Brothers were the Beach Boys. Oh, right. It said Dennis, Carl, and Brian. Now, she's returning all the things he just stole. She uh, sold. She stole them back for him. He's amazing. Uh, and he's got he's gonna think so too in the end. So I read an interview with her and she said, I had the weirdest experience after I was done shooting. She's talking about the being the blueberry. I'm back at school mm -hmm. in New York. We're at the Museum of Modern Art. All of a sudden some kids start pointing at me. I turn to my best friend and she says, Oh my god, you're turning blue. I go into the ladies' room and look in the mirror and everything, my face, my hands, my neck, is blue. I washed it off and I go back out and a few minutes later, I'm blue again. It went on for 48 hours. Was it because she was chewing Willy Wonka bubblegum? <laughs> exactly right. So I finally learned that the blueberry makeup they had used in the Germany had blue food dye in it and it was coming out through my pores. Now, I look, I read two interviews with her. I like her, and she she aged well. Unfortunately, she died in her 60s, but she aged well, and she was always thin and cute, but she did tell, like, a few lies in the interview, you know? So, but poor lady, she had a stroke, and then... Like almost right away after that, she caught pneumonia, and that was it. She, uh, yeah, she died in the hospital. I don't uh, know why she uh, quit acting. Right. Well, you know, if she's done it like as a child actor, she probably when she became an adult decided to do what she wanted to do. Yeah. Okay, so get the hell out of Hollywood. Repo a car, and. It turns out to be a cat. During the day. So with the money he just recently made from all those things that she returned, he goes in there and gets lucky. Oh, that's so nice. So she's going to steal that money too? Look, he's all weak. He yeah, he's like, yeah, right, well, it drains you. And then when you walk out, that woman approaches you and you're like, yeah, whatever, lady, I got to go to my car. Well, the thing is, like some boyfriend gave it to the prostitute and you know it wasn't her, 
They just said, here, you can have it. And they gave him the keys and the title and everything. And so she's all mad because, like, he's having fun and getting laid and having success repoing. <laughs> of course, that car will remain with them and the, never get, like, they'll never get paid for it. Now, look, why are we driving in the park? I don't get it. It's so rude. Like, do people drive around the park in the 70s? Yes, yes. Are they in the... Oh, so there's a car in this weird house. Now she's screaming out, anybody uh, home? And he's like, you idiot, shush. So they're going to uh, possess motorcycles, stolen motorcycles, and they find out there's all kinds of stolen loot. Wait, this is some whorehouse. No, no, they've left there. They've yeah. left there. <laughs> they're, they're moving uh, on I in their rounds. So they went to a cat house to like a, a warehouse of stolen goods. Well, essentially they're following the leads of the stolen merchandise. <coughs> Uh-oh, somebody's showing up. Is it Paul? Paul, Paul Brumba? No, he's not showing up. He's on mute. Oh. There we go. Now he hears it. Oh. And he sounds the alarm. And she's like, get on if you ever want to get out of here. And he's like, deathly afraid. So we're having another I'm yeah, scared look at him. moment. I, I, no, but, oh, oh, uh, now watch. Is he like the, the hippie beer delivery guy? Yeah. Check it out. They're ready to go. Yeah, they just opened the door. Flying down the yeah. stairs. Ridiculous. You know what this movie reminds me of? Grand Theft Auto, directed by Ron Howard from the seventies. Oh. It was a Roger Corman film, and uh, he directed theme. it. Well, yeah, you know, it's stupid though. It's like it's this kind of humor where, like, what would be funny if there was a car crash? You know, it would be great in the scene if the guy fell off. Oh, well, you know, look, it's, uh, I don't lightly recommend movies for my Netflix queue because I'll be watching them. If you think I should, I mean, you said it was Ron oh. Howard. Yeah, but it's like some, it's like he he was doing Happy Days, I think, or oh, not right before, like during this. Do you have Amazon Prime? All garbage films are on Amazon Prime right now. I one want to watch thing that's making money right now. Yeah, right. Why? Life is precious. Please watch a garbage film. No, I like to watch oh God, good. Of you are my garbage film source. And we yeah, rip. You see enough garbage films. Yeah. Rip them. Uh, nice Sunday drive. Da -da -da -da. She drove the motorcycle out of there and she told him to jump off and he did and got into the black car. Yeah. So now. The the car that used to be pink, they painted it black so that <laughs> you see the hilarity right through the trailer. Oh my god, no one was hurt. Oh, well, one, what, just a kid. The, the baby in the crib is okay. Now they catch up with her. They da, get. Da, da. They painted it black because they're da, being da. followed by those thugs. Right. Look, be on the lookout for a six-year-old driving a pink car. Well, they knew it? that the no, murderers, a... you see, right? Because they found the right. body. That's right. It was in the trunk. 
the thugs are after them, but not right now. Right now we're seeing polarity of repo messes. Look how California that mountain is, man. Uh, not yeah, this one. I know. Well, that's what. Well, we have to figure out where this movie is. But yeah, you know, you watch these movies and they all take place in California, and you're like, "That's America," or "That's what California is like." And she's all right. Someone's under the car. Uh oh, they caught her. I gotta call the police. Nine one. Get out of the blow booth. Damn it! Should have made it a click call. Why am I making a click call? Now, why are they acting like the phone booth is locked? Well, because she's in there, and she probably used the latch inside the phone booth. Uh-huh. Are they still – were there latches inside the phone booth? I don't no. think so, but she's putting her foot against it, I guess. Anyway, now, Darren McGavin shows up, and he pretends that he's a cop. And these guys steal our – you know, they fence stolen goods. Right. What's going on here? I'm Officer Turtleneck. So he puts a Officer Turtleneck. gun. I'm going to haul you in. He does that gun hunch. So they, oh, it must be a gun. Right? Like, oh, officer. Yeah. We're negotiating getting our bike back. Did you borrow this man's bike? <laughs> yes, I did. Here, here we go. All right. No, we don't know anything about stolen goods, officer. It's a little not believable, oh. but they're pulling it off. It reminds me, he does a pretty good Maxwell Smart, right? I mean, that's <laughs> kind of the thing. It's like, you guys go to the station. Would you believe? Yeah. Okay, so now yeah. she has saved his life. So she right. will fall in love with him. What? Not where I thought this film was going. Well, she was she was sure that she was dead. Oh, but he's well, all right. Now we have a um I guess. A, <laughs> we have a John Beale love song here. Fall in love with a man three times your age. Yeah, I'm falling in love with a man three times my age. Where is 1989 Mike Spiegelman? Because you are an old bitty man. No, that's what I would be singing. <laughs> so they're falling in love, but they're not. She's becoming enamored in him. Look at her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Veruca Sultan. Are you Farouk assaulting me? She was not Farouk assault. She was Beauregard. She was... <laughs> Excuse me. She was Violet Beauregard. The bratty bubblegum chewing Violet Beauregard. Oh. Now she's not being a jerk at Wait. all. The whole film she's being a jerk. There's the one repoed car that they managed to get. And they kept it for themselves. Right. 
Oh. And he drove her. He drove her back, right? Oh, there we go. Look, the place looks ni- much nicer. Well, that's because he. So you need an old man. Yeah, you need an old man touch in your house. Yeah, not a woman's touch, a dad's touch. Right. <coughs> he's like he's a guy. Now check this out. Yeah. No laundry piles. No mad magazines. Oh, danger. She's saying you could sleep here. Yeah. Oh, there you go, partnering. Quid quo pro. This is the generally recommended method of a seduction. He is the father on Christmas Story. Right. So he's so- at the door. Violet Beauregard is like, I'm rushing you. Relax. Would you like some warm beer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some skunk beer? Yeah, all right. She got it out of the car she repossessed, and it's been sitting around, and he's like, I don't like beer. (laughs) It's it's funny because this would never happen. Gulp, 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 gulp. Many things in movies we see, right, are not believable. You know, the situation just wouldn't happen in real life. Those are the bad movies. He would have. Yeah. Well, maybe it happened, but. Now, this director did episodes yeah. of, of uh, MASH, Ironside, Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock, D- Andy Griffith, Happy Days, Starsky and Hutch, Chips. Courtship of Eddie's father, five wow. zero. He did a lot more, but those are the ones I think you would recognize. Yeah, I think I've seen every single episode of. I mean, every uh, every show mentioned. Yes. Now, in World War II, he served in the Air Force as a film technician, and after the war, he began working for MGM, directing films. Nice. So he was under contract. Yes, he was. It was studio. Oh, studio. Yeah. 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 He's old school. I wonder why they made this. So they, they made this movie because it's a vanity piece, or they, they had a production house and they had to like, spend some money and they made their, they produced this movie. Well, I don't know what you mean he by He wrote it and they produced it. Peace. Well, I mean, there was a script already existing. He, he, he needed a film to produce and star. Yeah. Well, so he, he, well he wrote, rewrote it. He, yeah, he turned it into a script, right. Now, Which look, is a vehicle for him. He's not going to... Well, I guess so. It was more like a vehicle for their production company. Not for him as a star. It was like a husband and wife team. I'm telling you, I read two interviews, and they're, they were very much in love. Or maybe they were putting it on for the interviewer. Um, and no, they, but he's, uh, he's a... Tra- I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm not trying to disparage the guy. I, I think he's great, you know, but it's just... Uh, it was, a, I guess, he was trying to do a buddy, but you know, a leading role film or a ensemble film, and uh, it does sort of touch on, you know, him being sixteen on his own as a squatter. Maybe it was near and dear to right. heart, I guess. Now she is upset because he loves and respects her. He doesn't say that he loves her, and he's not going to sleep with the sixteen-year-old girl. Uh, it might be that he just yeah. got laid at the cat house, but. 
she is now <laughs> she is re she is angry that she's been rejected she's like get out oh yeah yeah all right did you think the director's cut he actually did sleep with a prostitute at the cat house <laughs> why do we have to shoot this husband trust me it's a, an artistic vision i want to do it's a yeah right don uh leave me out of this man yeah it's a pornographic issue uh, i want to do yeah <laughs> it's a big uh he's gone right left his suit he left and he's off to we're gonna have a cameo now he's basically see he takes the oh good right is it bill murray in the cameo no it's lyle Reiner. Oh, oh man yeah look at him he looks good right now he was on tv in 1978. yeah this is that's right he was all over the television okay so what's happening here is he's giving his sad story his woes right but the but her name is larry right but when she, he's using a guy, oh, right. he's not what Lyle Wagner's not phased at all. <laughs> kind of relationship with Larry. So Lyle, knows Larry. <laughs> but the thing is, he doesn't go, are you talking about a dude? I mean, it's 78. You know how. Right. Like just last, you don't, you don't think Lyle's gay in this? Just last episode, we saw a movie, right, in which guys were getting pissed off because they were being accused of being gay. So you would think that Lyle oh, Wagner yeah. would be like, "Hold it, buddy." That was the movie Good Morning Vietnam we watched last week. <laughs> it was Meatballs no. <laughs> Three. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was the joke in there. Oh, uh, people three. How many different colors? This is his other turtleneck. It's white. He had a black turtleneck and now a white turtleneck. <laughs> and he's drinking and there's no stain on his uh, well, turtleneck. He's a very that is successful uh, business, not businessman. That implies like an entrepreneur. He was a successful right. office guy, you know, working for the same company, you know. And so now... We find out he think he didn't know it, but he's in a gay bar. He didn't know that when he walked in and saw Lyle Wagner. That's right. He's looking around. I guess it's, oh, it's the nineteen seventies gay. <laughs> so now he's he would have just creeped out, and he's making his exit. Right. He was drinking there for like an hour until he started a conversation. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> so now, what does he do? He goes to the opposite of a gay bar. He goes to a, a bar with lots of women who are prostitutes. Oh, yeah. The office. Including in Lockhart, New Jersey. Joan Collins. Now, this guy, the bartender, I know his face. My research couldn't come up with this name. He's not in the cast, but I, he's been in a million things. Andy Richter. Yeah, right, from uh, oh. Conan. So 
Joan Collins overhear him saying, I like blondes. So she quickly gets on a blonde wig. And then he's going to be like, you're <laughs> over 21, right? She goes, I'm 31, right. blonde, darling. There she is, a blonde. Oh, that, that's your Joan Collins? That's awesome. That's Gloria, who they've been cheating, uh, although she doesn't, he doesn't know it. Right, he just happened to watch. He was he didn't even know he was in a gay bar for an hour having a nursing a drink. I think he's just a drunk. That's the reason why he hangs out with sixteen year olds. Okay, so it's the morning after, and now he and Joan Collins to go. Are totally in a relationship. Good morning. <laughs> Jackie Collins. I, I mean, Joan Collins. I didn't recognize oh. you with your new wig. What a horrible hairstyle. Hey. Oh, no, that was her trademark hair, wasn't it? Like, she had always had hair like that. Mike, she's but, been wearing – we just saw a shot of all her wigs. She wears <laughs> different hair every day. Right, right. And I'm saying now that she has her natural hair on screen, it's uh -huh. a – Always like curly like that. That's not no no. Joan Collins did not have curly hair like that. That's Donna Summer. You're thinking. But we could, yeah, Donna Summer here. I'm wigging you out. Ah, you're wigging me out. It is Donna Summer with her yeah. curl. So she's so in love with him. Okay. Gives him the key. This is yeah. your house now. She's off work, and she's like, you know, stay here. And she's even giving him money. It kind of is not believable. Hey, well, it's the same woman that the 16-year-old was trying to uh, avenge, right? It's weird. Uh, I wouldn't say avenge. She's three people. She was trying to repo her well, car. She's desperately seeking Joan. Landlady. Uh-oh. Right, it's like you owe four months rent. I promise to pay it back. That would you be out of the street. That's the worst part. Like it's not like oh, it's always too much rent in the movies. So it's like, hey, oh yeah, hi, I was gonna go see you. You owe right. two months rent. Oh yeah, well I can explain. Exactly, and she's saying there's a man upstairs who will pay for everything. Uh. This looks like Paul Brumbon. over. <laughs> right, Paul? Pants are upside down. You're sleeping upside down. Oh, what's up? Some orange juice. Look at Paul's physique. Oh, yeah, he's got a good barrel roll going. <laughs> brum, bum, 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 Yes. <laughs> there he is. Hey. You're on mute, man. I, I, all, I, I came in just in time to see Joan Collins in bed. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. You call says it's a wig, but I don't believe him. So oh, that was that was a pretty dark wig. That was pretty nasty. Yeah. So he picks up Larry, and she's still right. miffed. You know, they're gonna do more repo and stuff. And he's like, fine, I'm moving out. And she goes, well, that's probably for the best. And they're having their, I mean, you know, she was in that's love. Cute. She got rejected. She's hurt. 
Right. Now she's mad at the perfume smell. Joan Collins' perfume is all over her. Him. It's Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. It's Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> What's that smell? You smell like Gloria. Gloria. <laughs> It's a, and plus it's open. They must be screaming at each other. No seatbelts. Yeah. Yeah. Don't back up. You'll hit the screen. I'm the guy from Christmas Story, I tell ya. <laughs> he was in other stuff. He's a night stalker to me. Yeah. Yeah, he was in other stuff, so, including a lot of movies we never saw from his own production company. I mean, that's really the truth. Yeah. He was in Airport 77. But he also did Disney oh. films. Did he? Yeah. You talking about our, Would he be our a... main character? Yeah, Darren McGavin. Yeah. Yeah, he did Disney films. He was like the... Um, I want to say he's the principal of the high school that there's like two or three Disney films with Kurt Russell. Right. And one of Look them, he, likes, he eats something and he becomes like super strong. Like, uh, I forget, like the boy the... with, I forget what the, like the, oh, the teenager with, with tennis shoes or something like that. Yeah, what is okay. it called? The computer, the computer that wore tennis shoes. And that's there you go. Part. Isn't he yeah. like the principal? I don't know. I, 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 you know, it's like we're saying, it's a trashy film, and I don't know if I want to waste time watching a trashy film, even though it's available on on Disney Plus. I have to oh, watch. That's it. a great film. It doesn't hold up anymore. But is it better than Super Dad? <clears throat> Nothing's better than Super Dead. Okay, so what we're seeing here is um, the boss of the repo has taken them all to this used car lot where every single car is getting repoed, and we're having pretend hilarity as they're they're they can't get out of the lot because everybody wants to get out right. first. They're all like stuntmen just fucking around, and she's directing them all. <laughs> It's supposed to be very a good haul. And they're playing that stupid music, of course. Yeah, right. These are like the only working repo, man. So this is like a drive-in movie, right? 1978, you go to a drive-in movie and watch like, because back then there were a lot of car crash movies, whether it was Smokey and the Bandits or, uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, other films, the ilk. Down with 50 seconds, that was around that time, the original. Now, hatchbacks were very, very new, um, and that's what uh, McGavin's in, a hatchback. So a hatchback is like convertible where the hatch goes back? I don't know. I never even heard of it. You, you've never heard person. of a hatchback car? Um, yeah, was... I've heard of many pies. Yeah. It was sort of like... The front of the car is regular, and the back is like 
an extended trunk kind of thing. You open it up and there it is. There's one in the front there. That's the one he was driving. It has like a trunk. So Paul one of Paul's brothers is in there when they're going out to the drive-in. Uh-huh. He had mentioned that. Uh, all right, well, they destroyed a shack. Yeah, let's go to Johnny Rockets. Let's go back Welcome to Johnny Rockets. The Jaws mother. Hey, uh, Lady uh, Desponzi, are you here? Uh, he did 20 years ago. I'll have an ice cream. We're having a, a double malted. They all rapid fire yeah. their orders. And you would expect her to be confused, but she gets it all. Right. Does he talk in waitress talk? Yeah. Uh, also, there's a shark coming to the ocean. Yeah, he got pay up. Uh, lady, no smoking. Oh, she's saying my boyfriend will pay for this. She's doing snippy talk. Now, here come those thug bad guys. Now, you know they're after our heroes, but for some reason, all the repo men know what's going on and freak out. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense with the black. Ooh. Look, he's shooting at them. Shoot. He wants to kill them. It doesn't make That's sense. Crazy. I guess they're going to have to close now. They were never closed, never reopened. Yeah, that's. I would say it's crazy when people shoot like that. Well, in the 70s, I guess they had guns. Oh, it's, it's more TV-like violence. A TV comedy. Now we're going to have a what? lot of kitchen hilarity. Like the guy who dumped the food on his face? Yeah. To cover his head for He's going to slip on the tomato sauce. You'll see. You think this is his wife's, uh, their restaurant as well? What? He shot the flower. You think he was like promoting his restaurant as well? <laughs> like, if you enjoyed this movie, check out, check out the kitchen of my restaurant. Christmas Story Dataria. <laughs> Christmas Story is yet to come. Whoa! Slipping and a sliding, eh? Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Now, he was just all over her butt. Did you see it? Yeah, I know. That was, that was the only offensive. take, I guess, his wife. Was Very offensive. Wow, they're making pizza. Hey, remind me not to order pizza from this place. Why is oh. there a shoe print on my pie? <laughs> It's a deep dish. It's starting to notice. A distraction, and they can get away. Egg in the face. Egg in the face. Good shot. Why is there a footprint on my pie? Oh, we didn't expect you to flip it over. <laughs> Sir, you don't <laughs> eat pizza that way. You know, in California, Carl, they don't fold their pizza in to eat it. Why? They use a fork and knife? No, they just eat it, like, straight up. Like, uh -huh. they just chomp it down. They, they don't uh, fold it and let the grease go down. That's interesting. Uh, like, I don't... 
I would just think that would be a natural way to. Okay. If he knew. Uh, they slipped around there too. This is like a sexual thing, splash, where you have sex and food. They went to a splash orgy. Okay, so now he's going to sit his butt in that repo car, which is all messy, messy. Right, and it smells like Gloria too. Whoa, clarity. And that's how I got on. (laughs) All right, and take, great. Uh, Doctor, I need a prescription on OxyContin, and I slipped on set again. Don Felber concert. Now look, she has decided to wear a dress, and it's all a ploy to look like, you know, like, this is what he'll grandmother. I feed you some prune, honey. Oh, that sounds great. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And she says, where did you learn to fight like that? And he goes, oh, watching Kung Fu on TV. That's another 70s reference. He didn't use Kung Fu. He just punched look, a guy. He recognizes the dress. Like, what are you doing? What are you up to? Right. And then he decides not to address it. Well, he did come back. No, he's packing. I gotta be like, let's get his stuff. Oh, gotcha. Some of those awkward episodes of Odd Couple. Exactly the Oscar. I can move on. Felix, why do you have to move out? Uh, I just don't feel comfortable anymore, Oscar. I don't know. That's a giant bag. Yeah, that's right. What's and bag it's one of the things he just grabbed a couple things when he was kicked out of the house, including one that is like his old junky stuff when he was a kid. Right. Boy Scout pocket knife. Wow. Can I get so it? Can I... That... I'm sorry. Could I get a time check? It's uh, 10 oh, yeah. over here. <laughs> That's funny. Really? What a waste of a Friday. Uh, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Do you mean we, are, we, of course, we stream every Sunday. Do you mean how much? Uh, I have uh, I have 117.48. Oh, I just froze it. Oh, that I'm sucks. sorry, guys. I'm so sorry, guys. There's basically right 20 minutes left. 20 minutes left. If you got to go, we understand. Okay, so now. No, I was, I, I was just I was just wanting to make sure because I am ahead of you guys and I don't want to say the wrong thing. Oh, it's a 118.12, 118.13, 118.14. Yeah, I've got it now. Okay, so now. You guys finds, are ahead of me by three seconds. I'm good with that. He always wanted children and he prepared for children. So he's got $10,000, but he never had children. So now he's like. You have it. Right. And she's flattered, but then she gets offended. I don't want it. And he's like, it's a chance for a better life, college, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, 
You're the product of college and you've got nothing. She gets very mad. Right. She's, she's getting older there. I have all these records and a stereo system. And I'm 16. I know, just a cool teenager. Move over, Ferris Bueller. It's Repo Man. She claims. It's Repo Man. Auto. Yeah. She claims to be tops at uh, her profession, but meanwhile, she never repos a car. <laughs> I know, she steals the car, basically. Yeah. He's like so putting on Darren McDav, you know, like, why say? So now he pulls a trick on her. He writes down what his phone number is, like he just jots it down on the note. But the truth is he jotted down he jotted it down on that ten thousand dollar slip of paper and pretends to leave leaving behind oh, right. his present for her. He's going to get a phone call like a week later and be like, hey, asshole, guess what I found on the street? It's fucking sweet check. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> now she goes, hey, wait a minute, Buster. Don't try to trick me. But he's off. What a weird dress. Oh, she's flattered again. Right. She's actually touched in a way. Okay, now, do you remember there's that millionaire lawyer with his Rolls Royce? They've got Was this... that Dick Martin? No, no, no. It was the one in which she was like lay down and then he drove over her, him. Right. Yeah, that guy. They've got this big plot to like cut him off at the airport and and take like a bunch of repo cars and the whole team is getting together now to do it. Sweet. Here's your first paycheck. I'm not a repo man, no way. Ordinary fucking people, I hate them. I've seen Repo Man a hundred million times. So it's nice to see a different Repo Man movie. Do you like, I like when there was that generic, um, remember the No Frills brand at the store? And they were doing a play. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Let's say, let's see seeing that pay. Yeah, that was like a definitely like a the cult movie where like every video store had it in their cult section and you just. But I would watch that movie all the time. Yeah. Like it was just, you know, much it. What about our relationship? Oh, right. F that. Well, you know, it, it is Jim Collins. If she's letting you stay at her place, you might as well uh, show a little respect. Okay, now Larry is defending Davin, saying, he'll be here, he'll be here, you know? But. She, he's not he, right but 
she gets a lead all of a sudden on Gloria. And that really upsets the boss because the boss wants them to do this whole plot to get the lawyer, the millionaire lawyer. She doesn't care. She wants to go and get Gloria because she's been after him forever. And she's like, I'll meet you at the airport. They never explain why, right? I mean, it's not like her, it's Gloria is her mom or like no. Gloria was a roommate in a paper. Gloria's too yeah. sick. She always gets away. It's like Roadrunner. Now there she pulls yeah, up Roadrunner. his car. Right. And there was parking right there. They're parking in the park again. You see that? The cars yeah. are parked in the park. Oh, yeah, they're on the that? street. They're on the street. He just went and grabbed her. So they keep doing it over and over and over. Right. She has bribed the landlady to get the key to Gloria's apartment, and she's finally going to confront Gloria. But what do you think she'll find? Uh, Christmas Story Dad and, and Gloria? Yeah. And she'll be enraged. Yeah. And she so they don't have really get that Davin said that glory that this person was a blonde. All oh, right. There we go. Does Gloria recognize her though? No. Yeah, see child. Yep. Another repo man can realize it's a kid. Yeah. She's not a blonde. She won't let that go. Right. Well, see, had she known it otherwise, she might have guessed, well, the other one, the person we know is Gloria. <laughs> it's very far-fetched that he the... bump into Gloria, but he does in a movie world, right? Well, well, that's the thing. Like a bad movie is there's like a vacuum. There's no like bystanders to watch people right. slip up banana peels. It's always the same six people. Yeah. And so if they bump into a person, it's you know it has a seventh person. Yeah. It has to be person number five. Exactly right. It's, and you it's know, like, you're my yeah. you're my adopted mom. You know, like. Turn yeah. Right. Watch where you're going. You watch where you're going. Wait a minute. Is that Yeah, you? you're my adopted mom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! She so, bangs him. Look, no socks. Wow. Yeah, I gross. Lord. Oh, this is Quid Tartitos with Ruby. Why no socks? It was, it was, um, why no socks? Because that's what hippies do in Los Angeles in the oh, 70s. Christmas Story Dad is no hippie. He's a hipster. He's like him and Jackie Gleason must have hung out and like listened mm -hmm. to jazz and, and had a couple cocktails together. Did you know that this was an MGM film? Okay, here you we are what? at the airport. Yeah. Oh, so is, is this LAX? Did, I doubt. Did you see he went right over, she went right over the parking thing? It's crazy. Right. Well, they don't even have spikes back then. No, no, but I'm saying the divider for the parking spaces, the concrete, 
She just went right over it. Nobody would do that. Awesome. Yeah, right. I hear you. She's well with a stunt driver driving it. I just got notified I have low batteries. On your phone or something? Um, on my laptop. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad idea. I want to switch off to my phone. Well, we have 10 minutes only. Uh, all right. I can't wait. So does who dies at the end? Um, the the girl in Kung Fu Mahjong. Here's the lawyer. He's at um, the airport. Yep. The cops are actually on the repo men's side. Now, look, guess who it is? It's the big Lebowski. Oh, who's Santa Claus and Santa Claus the movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy's not. Wow, that's cool. But this is years before Big Lebowski, of course. Right. Yeah, this is like a 70s, 70s film. Yeah, I did a lot of drive-in movies. I don't want to talk about it. So they repossess an airplane. And Big Lebowski, he can walk. He's not in a wheelchair. Well, they tricked him. Oh, he tricked them. No, he they got he got tricked. Now they're taking the rolls. And he goes, What? That's so crazy. I just went in to get a cup of coffee. The big Lebowski. Guess what my coffee? Call the police. Every rug it attracts is mitigated you. upon in this fair city. I've only seen that movie twice. I've seen it certainly more than twice. Uh, right. Okay, so I love that film. I did not know anything about the uh, the big hub, you know, like the cult status. It was... I mean, I understand why it got it. it was a great film. I just saw it a couple times because I love right. it. Well, we had a guest here, Ira, who comes on every Christmas. Uh, uh, we've had him as a guest, and we watch movie trailers of films that uh, premiered on Christmas Day. Ira plays uh, John Goodman's character on the Big Lebowski Fest. Uh -huh. Like he's been doing this for like a decade, and he, you know, that he does production numbers during the festivals and. He wears a vest. So, you now, know, it happens. That's not um, the Ira I know from Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove. It's a different Ira. Oh, right. That's Ira Summer, the comedian. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Ira from Big Lebowski. And he used to do Bad Movie Night with me. So that's where I know. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think I made that mistake on the Christmas show. <laughs> oh, you were like, Ira Summer. Yeah, he, uh, there was a theater in the dark room, and we would watch movies, and they would riff. A lot of times he would be in the audience, but he he would co-host a lot of them, too. But he would be there at every show. So now what we're finding out is that the the lawyer who they've been chasing all this time, he's the one who owns those thugs that have been after them. Oh, so everything ties it. See, the seventh person was the sixth right. person, after all. In this small environment. See how she yeah, because there's no butt standard. It's a vacuum. That's why I like bad comedies. They exist in a weird vacuum. Yeah. Where, you know, universal laws, you leapfrog under people and they hit their balls. Right. Because yeah. it's so funny. She gives them a head butt, then she gives them a butt butt. 
Right. Also, I do like kind of comedies. The cops are, are total idiots in 70s films. Even like Last House of the Left, where it was like a straight-out horror film. The cops are idiots. With their big bellies. Yeah. All right, so we're getting to the big finish, right? The beginning yes. to the ending. Now they're all getting arrested. <laughs> yeah. Who wears sunglasses in Los Angeles during the day? Oh, these pads. Let's say they went to a vintage clothing store. Here comes Big Lebowski just in time to get arrested. Right, took a cab. You took my old good evening, officer. Yeah. He looks the same, even in the seventies. Here's all your here's all the evidence you wanted. <laughs> you have to do that in front of the cops. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they've got the pension the, fund. William Biggins. It's all wrapping up. Right. All the, hey, look, there's giant sets that have money signs on it. Damn it. That's my money. Now, here's our endearing end in which he says, I love you. Right. But I mean, it's like a daughter. And she's like, you got a daughter? You have a daughter now. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. So now he gets to touch her, the father figure. Yes. Oh, yeah, there's that money. He should, she should hold on. He's just going to drink it away. He's going to be at a bar and be like, you know there's a gay bar? I did not know. Now he says, I love you. And she's so happy. God, he went to zero to 60, all right? Am I right when it comes to the... The name kind of doesn't go with the film. Well, you know, it's a car chase film, and car chase films go from zero to 60, so... The thing is, if you have a hot rod or, like, a souped-up car, it goes zero to 60, like, you know, like, we're car mechanics and we're making a race car, you know... Yeah, but they're repo men. In the middle of the night, they steal your car from zero to 60. It's gone in 60 seconds. Yes. No. No. Zero to 60. Oh, I'm getting my comparison between cars. Numbers in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I know. I see a hot rod. You go from you do a hot rod race, and you go from zero to 60 because some guy souped up your engine. But when you steal cars, oh, there's Gloria. Hey, Gloria. You stole his car. Did you get the license plate number, Gloria? Stole your car. Fortunately, they have a Thunderbird to hop into. Right? Did I say it right? It was that a Thunderbird? What? No. Th isn't that a Trans Am? Oh, it's a Trans Am. <laughs> it has a picture of a bird. No, it has a Thunderbird on the. It has a bird on the hood. Okay. All right, it's a Trans Am. It's a Thunderbird. All right, it's good. You belong to the city. Now we have our zero to 60 song. Now I've seen this film four times. This is the fifth time. So I know by heart. The cat. Let's hear it. Zero to Keep 60. Going. It's a 